Welcome to the Michelle Mission Two Men One Podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, aka the Bat Triple. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, it's the holiday season. Yeah, yeah. And what better way to spend the holiday than with your best man? That's right, the best man holiday from 2013. That is the movie that we will be reviewing tonight here on the Michelle Mission streaming live via StreamYard on Facebook and Twitter. And no, the best man holiday was not my selection, nor was it the selection of Vincent Williams. No, the best man holiday comes your way by way of our very special guest this evening. You've heard him on his fantastic syndicated radio show, The Scenario Radio Show, which is available in Nashville, Baton Rouge, Rochester, Austin, Santa Rosa, Atlanta, Albany, Middletown, you name a place, that's where the scenario be dropping, and it be dropping with the dulcet tones of our guest, Van Everett. What's up, Van? What's up, Van? What's going on, man? I've been waiting all my life to be introduced with the term dulcet tones. I'm retired now. It's right. That's right up under rich and buttery for me, as far as what I've always wanted people to say about me. So I'm good now. <laughs> well, I'm so I, I can't believe that anybody has not said rich and buttery because you know you're a good looking brother, but man, you got a voice for radio, dog. I thought like it was the, <laughs> the second coming of like John Facenda or somebody on this radio, man. I, I was like, oh damn, like is it, isn't that we are now officially a show. Right. It's like Frankie Crocker's son. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Right. Exactly, man. I'm waiting like for you the top actually 10. need to be a you need to be a DJ in 1978 up in the yeah, booth. Yeah, yeah. Really, I really miss my I really miss my time. I really could have just made it happen right then. It's like now it's like it only gets you but so far now. But yeah, it would have really took me to the to the stratosphere then. <laughs> Were you so the scenario radio show, which is primarily you know a, a, a talk radio show where y- uh-huh. you and your crew y'all chop it up about anything and everything that's going on uh, in the in the black community and, and in culture today. But were you before we get to the scenario radio show, were you ever just a tried and true radio DJ like that? I did uh, radio for about a year in '94. Really? Uh, in, in Huntsville, Alabama at, at a station. And it was only because I was a musician at the time and we had did a gig at this station and whatnot. And the, the guy who ran the station was like, you need to do radio. I want you to come do you know radio. I was like, okay, that's an extra check. I can do that. Mm, and so, right. so I did it for a little while and uh, I, I wasn't really into it. Didn't really care for it at the time, despite the fact that I do like to talk and I do like to, you know, have these exchanges. But it wasn't that type of thing. It's pretty much just me playing music and talking about the music I was playing briefly. But, uh, yeah, so eventually I, I got fired and that was that. So <laughs> didn't think anything else of it until I decided to do this. I mean, but see, see but no, Van, I can't let this go, man. You have the voice, man. Like, 
I wish you could like, can you like be our house announcer? Like, I just want to hear you say, like, welcome to the Michelle Mission. Like, it just sounds like official. I would be more than happy to do do a tag for you guys like that. I would be more than happy to do that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it. I don't know what it'll add to your your overall thing that you got going right now. I don't know if it'll elevate anything, but yeah, I'd be happy to do it. It will make me happy. That's what it will do. There you go. There you go. There you and go. That's, that's the first rule of the Michelle mission. Make Len happy. Yeah. So. It's actually written down in the handbook. <laughs> exactly. Which means that you are already you are already in my good graces because you chose a, a film that features <laughs> some of the most exquisite Nia Long footage I have ever seen. Nia Long so- had her thigh out. For 10 solid minutes. (laughs) Like she sat on the sofa and they were talking and there was plot happening. And I was like, Mia Long is going to keep her thigh out this entire scene. Yup. I didn't know we were on Nia Long thigh watch and the whole thing. Now, I will admit, this is some of the best Nia Long footage since the uh, first Best Man movie. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I am with you there. Yep, yes. but, yep. Uh, yeah. I text Lynn. I was like, Lynn, you you, you gonna be able to? You gonna be all right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I am, and I know exactly the scene that you are talking about, Vince, because I had to watch it three or four times so I could catch what was happening plot wise. Right, right, right. The dialogue. <laughs> right. I was, I was totally distracted. But before we get into that, ladies and gentlemen, before we get into that, Van, thank you so much for taking the time to sit with us. Tell the the people, the four or five people who are listening that don't know about the Scenario Radio Show, give them the 30-second pitch on what the Scenario Radio Show is all about. Uh, as our tag goes, it's real talk with a playlist. So the idea is, is that we wanted to simply just normalize blackness in every aspect of life. And part of that is that you can't really discuss what it means to live as a black person without how music integrates into all of it. So whatever our subject is, whatever we're talking about, we have a playlist that goes with it. We did an entire show on uh, adoption one time, and we did also songs about family, uh, family affair, uh, family reunion, Hey Mama, you know, just mm. the, the whole uh, the whole nine. Um, uh, we did a show, Driving Wild Black, where we talked to uh, a retired police officer in New Jersey who had been making a push against uh, police brutality and was really making some headway, and all of the songs were songs that we enjoyed writing to so yeah but it's always that's always what we do is real talk with a playlist nice and you've been nice you've been doing this scenario for a few years and you've got uh quite a squad uh gathered together about, around you yeah 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 uh we've been doing it five years my uh i have my co-host uh comedian b cov and my co-hostess with the co-mosis as we call her kb <laughs> <laughs> And then we got a good team behind the glass, my uh, co-producer and um, my engineer, uh, Dana and Zai. They, so, yeah, got a good team. If it, Because there's a lot of moving pieces, it, it's important to have, the, you know, a good team around us so that we can kind of make it happen. And they, they get the job done. I can't, can't knock them. But that's cool, man. That's beautiful. And, and thank you for taking the time to... to Absolutely. To, to, to sit with us and thank you again for the, the uh, couple of opportunities that you've given us to appear on your show. Yeah, you know, I'm grateful for that. I love y'all guys, man. Love the show. Big fan of it. So I've always, you know, as soon as I had the opportunity when we did something movie movie oriented to get you guys on, I jumped at it, and I'm, I'm glad that you guys had me on. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. You Long time coming. 
Long time coming. Long time. T- Speaking of long time, Vince, I was looking in the Michelle Mission uh, Facebook group and shout out to everybody out there that's sitting there and watching us and listening to us right now. I see you, Aaron Fry, Deborah Battle. How are you doing? Robert Monroe Jr. Everybody in the chat. Um, I didn't realize. How about this? Talking about long time, Vince, that Hal Williams, who is most famously known from uh 227 and even though vince probably knows him better as schmitty from stanford about to say you know i'm old school (laughs) how williams (laughs) yeah i know where you know him from Mm -hmm. uh he turned 86 years young just yesterday yeah that's beautiful that's beautiful happy birthday to hal williams wow talk about and and he's definitely like one of those actors that you saw all the time, everywhere, you know, and um, his face was very familiar to you, but you, you know, like, oh, I've seen that guy. I've seen him in this. I've seen him in that. Um, because even when he was on, on Sanford and Son, he was definitely just a recurring character, you know, mm-hmm. recurring. But when he locked down on 227 and that show became the hit that it was, that's when he really gained prominence in um, the African. And he became like, you know, uh, uh one of the number one fathers in. I was about to community. say one of one of the one of the great dads of the eighties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of those great dads of the eighties. Mm-hmm. And what I liked about his portrayal yeah. in that show is that the, he, they were very much like they were in love. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. that's one thing I will say. They were really. Co- were you familiar with Hal Williams, man? Yeah, yeah. I, I used to I used to watch two two seven man the whole Saturday lineup uh, on NBC back in the day. Yeah, I was I was right there for two two seven Golden Girls the whole nine. Uh, yeah, and he yeah like you said one of those black fathers, uh, all too rare in sitcoms at that time. But we had a, a decent run of black fathers around that time. Though, we did that we Cosby did show and everything. But yeah yeah yeah. I, yeah. But, yeah well, fortunately, I, I how. Go ahead, go ahead, man. Go ahead. No, so I, I didn't even realize it. Uh, I guess you just don't think about that. You know, he's gotten that old at this time. You know, which is great, but I just hadn't, hadn't occurred to me. It's like everybody ages, but when you haven't seen somebody in a while, you just forget that they're aging all that time. So yeah, that's true. That is very true. Yeah, and I I sometimes have to um, catch myself if I'm because I'm a huge old watch old movies all the time. So I'll be watching like an old movie. And I'll be like, oh man, look at look at them. And then you realize like that entire cast is no longer here anymore. Like, you know, like I'm wondering where nice. they are now. You know, they're not here anymore. Uh, it's crazy. It's crazy when you think about that. But speaking of Hal Williams and him turning 86 years years young, and, and God bless him. God bless Hal Williams. Happy birthday. I wonder, and I'm asking you two gentlemen, at what age do you think? How Williams stopped climbing up his own ladder oh, to put God's up sake. his <laughs> Christmas decorations. For God's sake. You, you know the age? As soon as he was able to get somebody else to do it. That's how old he was. <laughs> as soon as that 227 money started rolling in, right. no more of Christmas lights for hell. That's the right. way I see it. <laughs> Right, now right. The, the the character he played on two two seven was still doing it maybe, but yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's and true. even then, he might have got he might have got the young boy to do it. Oh, uh, that's Calvin. true. Yeah, Calvin, yeah, he might have gotten Calvin to do right. it. Right? Ain't nobody getting on no ladder for Christmas decorations if they don't well, have to. 
Ladies and gentlemen, let me show you how the sausage is made before oh, we God turned on the cameras. <laughs> this is ridiculous. And you know it's ridiculous if I'm saying it's ridiculous. I want to know. Before we turned on the cameras, uh, it, it, was, it, it was revealed to me that both Vincent and Van consider themselves, you know, too good to put up their own Christmas decorations oh. at their house. That is 100% false, the way that you frame that. <laughs> Do you put up the... <laughs> You don't put up the Christmas lights. Next, next you're going to be talking about how Barack Obama is a Muslim. <laughs> like, that is 100% false, what you said. Van just said he doesn't put up Christmas lights in his home anymore. He doesn't. What not. we said was that we avoid getting on ladders if yeah, we especially can. Especially for lights to put up Christmas lights. I was about to say, and to put up lights on ladders. If we can avoid it, we can. Now, I decorate all types of ways if I can stand on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) But Vince, Vince, Van, Van, in the family dynamic of putting Uh up the the Christmas decorations, it it is the father's, the man of the house job... To get up on the ladder and no, put up no, the lights. No, no, It is the man of the house's job to make sure that it is done. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Hey, the man's got a point. In fact, I, I agree with that idea. Everything at this level and down, decorated to the fullest. Tinsel everywhere, as far as the eye can see. Everything <laughs> above that, look. Wasn't meant to be. Look, you fall off a ladder. The first thing that somebody is going to ask is... What were you doing? <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Right, yes, they're going to ask that, yes. I'm cleaning the gutters. Oh, all right, wow, that's too bad. You know, make sure somebody checks it next time you do it. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm painting. I mm-hmm. was painting. Okay, you know, you got to be careful with that. You're moving around. Right, right, that's very true. I was putting up some bright sparklers <laughs> and some gold, you know, like some <laughs> some type of gold um glitter or something. Well, why was your dumbass on that ladder? <laughs> like you're focusing on the on the decorations, you need to focus on the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> You too old to just be on ladders. Well, I don't think so, Vince. I don't think so. I mean, so. you can think I so just... if you want. Lynn, if you twist your if you twist your leg wrong, you're gonna be limping for the next two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about on some ladder. Hey man, right. certain holiday related activities you gotta let go of past a certain age. I don't I don't like fireworks anymore. I don't I don't climb ladders to put up Christmas lights. Fireworks like certain people to Thanksgiving. It's just Why are you messing with fireworks? Why are you messing with fireworks? <laughs> Unless you're like 14 or younger. You got okay. a point. All right. You've made your point. You've made your okay. point. <laughs> I don't agree with it, but I I I I'm gonna say, Lynn, if you if you fall off a ladder putting up some decorations, it's gonna make me very sad. 
But in my quiet spaces, <laughs> I'm going to say, why was his dumb ass on that ladder? <laughs> Um, so speaking of the holidays, what what do the holidays look look like around the uh, the Everett household over there, Van? What do, what do your family get up into? Um, we, me and my wife, now that it's now that the kids aren't here anymore, we, we're really laid back. We are really laid back. We do not try to create a thing out of it out of it anymore. At best, as as you know, my wife has got a lot of you know Christmas music going on. Um, occasionally, now this year, obviously we're not going to be able to get out. We like to go and catch Kwanzaa celebrations and things mm, like that. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll go to somebody else's house and, and have a ball for, for the holidays. <laughs> but, but we want this to be our safe space. We just, uh, yeah, we keep it really simple now. It, it, since again, now again, grandkids come around and, you know, we, we turn right. it on for a little while, but yeah, at, at, but on a daily basis, it's, uh, we don't ramp it up anymore. No. <laughs> I feel you. I feel, now, you said you had the Christmas music and you, you know, it's real talk with a playlist. So uh-huh. if what is the ideal Christmas? Let's, no, let's put it this way. What is the ideal Christmas album to put on rotation at the Van Everett house? Oh, it, it depends on you ask my wife. It's probably going to be um, NDRE did an album. Uh, oh yeah ago. yeah mm-hmm. uh christmas album she loves that album she'll she'll do that one me it'll be vincent garaldi uh charlie brown christmas okay yes uh, okay. i love love that album um yeah it's just which i can listen to that any time of year right. to be perfectly honest it's just it's just good music so yeah so so because so, honestly i'm not i'm not a big christmas music guy and unless the music, if I don't like it any other time of year, I'm not going to like it just because it's Christmas. So if it's if it's a good song, I'll like it. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of times some Christmas songs you're just like, oh no, this isn't a particularly good song. You know, I'm not going to let the fact that it's Christmas force me to listen to this song any more than the time <laughs> I've already listened to it. So yeah, I'm a I'm a bit of a music snob though. What can I say? <laughs> so 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 nobody's rocking backdoor Santa by Clarence Carter. Not not in this household, but I am from Tennessee, and you better believe that I got a lot of family that's got some serious backdoor sound in rotation. All right. Mm, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I come from backdoor sound country, so you know. <laughs> see, y'all see now y'all y'all feeding my, y'all feeding my brain. I don't even know this song, this backdoor Santa. What is backdoor? Oh, you know back. It's 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 what uh Run DMC sampled Christmas and Holidays. Oh, from. that's right, that's right. Okay, yeah. okay. I did hear that once. The the original that they got it from. All right, cool, cool. He gives Here's all the what... little girls gifts while the boys go out to play. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't like <laughs> old Saint Nick. Old Saint Nick only comes once a year. <laughs> All right, this is a family podcast. So Vince, what? <laughs> what um it, like you're you're a bit of a music snob too, Vince. So I'm I'm curious what uh, Christmas albums are on rotation at Casa de Williams. Uh, you know, of course Vince Guaraldi. Um let me see. Nat King Cole, Nat King Cole's Christmas album, that whole album. Mhm. Big fan of Stevie Wonder's Christmas album. Mm. Uh, Wynton Marsalis actually did a Christmas album a couple of years ago. 
Okay. That that's nice. Um Louis Armstrong Christmas in New Orleans. Hmm. It's oh, a wow. good one. You know, wow. the, the preacher's wife. We Christmas see, we Christmas people. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. We get Van, Van I got a four year old. So like it's oh, real. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it get real Christmas up in here. Mm. Yeah, you so, got you gotta do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jackson that's say Jackson Five Christmas. You didn't say Jackson Five. You didn't say yeah, Temptations either. Mm-hmm. Oh, Temptations, of course. Yeah, that's what I grew up listening to. The Temptations. Yeah, of course, uh, of course. Every every year. Um, oh yeah. It, it seems like like I would definitely go with for, for some Vince Guaraldi, um, but it looks like uh, I pull from a different crate than the two of you because uh, I've got Vince Guaraldi, I've got Temptations. Uh, but then I've got Alvin and the Chipmunks sing sing Christmas songs <laughs> because I, I I grew up with that album and I love that album. So there you go. I'm a different <laughs> kind of dude. <laughs> All right. Hey, some for everybody. There you go. Van is a gracious guest. I was about to say. He was very gracious. You can tell he's a host. You can yeah. tell he's a host of his own show. It's like, well, there's something for everybody. <laughs> Wait till Monday on a scenario show. I was with these damn fools. That's the most polite way of saying I'm not messing with that that I've ever heard. <laughs> Most definitely. Now, before we get into our review, and it's almost time for us to get into our review of the Best Man Holiday. Um, Vince, you know, you you mentioned how once in a while, me and you will just shoot each other like very out of context texts to one another uh, while each of us are watching the film because we don't want to like you know, right, uh, right, spoil the talk about the film before we get on air. And you sent me a text that I thought was very interesting and I hadn't thought about when I watched the film. And I don't think this is given too much away from our conversation about the movie, but you mentioned how, or you asked the question, I think, you know, has Morris Chestnut ever been better than what you, you saw in the best man holiday. And that got me to thinking about the stars that are in this film. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And especially considering that this film is in 2013 and it's a sequel to a movie that came out in 1999. So it was Uh almost like 10, 15 years later. Oh, yeah. Right. So I was wondering. Is the best man. Or the best man holiday. The zenith for any of these performers in 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 uh in their careers you know zenith as in like this career wise or or performance hmm that's yeah that's a good question because that's actually could be two things because except for melissa souza i think all of them have had very very big careers uh really every, because, i mean every i mean like who hasn't honestly when i was thinking about it there was 
only one person on there who I can definitively say that the best man and the best man holiday is not like the pinnacle of their career. It's probably only one performer. Who? Terrence Howard. Oh, no. Tay Diggs has been on Broadway two or three times. Um, Nia Long is huge. Sanaa Lathan has had has been in lots of movies bigger than this. Mm, what about you? So, what, what, what say you, Van? I don't know. Yeah, I, th- yeah, I, I don't think so. I think they, a lot of people in the movie seem to have had careers that have done quite well be, uh, before and after the movie. I think now on a performance level, I have to. I do think that this may be because I was thinking about this. I, most Chestnut's performance, it may be his best performance. Yeah. To me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, but he yeah, didn't I need this I... check. Like he didn't need this the best man holiday check. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I think the majority of them seem to have had fairly decent careers going coming out of this and, and in between it, especially considering that, you know, the, these films are what once every 10 years or more. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. So, yeah. I don't know. All right, well, all right. Well, we'll see. We'll discuss that a little bit more ladies and gentlemen uh as we take a turn and get into our review of the Best Man Holiday. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. Ski in Vermont. Shut up, Harper. I like dating chocolate girls. No more Was it a boy or a girl? He just wanted it to be a surprise. Oh, yeah? Harper's good for that. <laughs> so, Donde Esta El Mistletoe. This is gonna be a long ass weekend. Mm, mm, mm. We used to be best friends. You're my boy, and I miss you. I'm thinking if you guys go warm each other up. Good night. It's Christmas, and I'm willing to give, and I'm willing to receive. At some point, we have to tell them. In due time. Wait, did you know about this? Jordan, she's pretty special. I'm surprised she got past all you guys. Who says she did? He's just messing with your man. <laughs> <laughs> Between your wife and your ex, it's like mob wives up in here. Oh, hell no. Oh, oh, oh. This is on YouTube. Oh, damn. Your wife is a freak. Hey, hey. Hey, can I use your phone? I can't get a signal in here. 
Holiday is a 2013 American comedy drama written, co-produced, and directed by Malcolm D. Lee as a sequel to his The Best Man from 1999. It stars Morris Chestnut, Tay Diggs, Regina Hall, Terrence Howard, Sinai Lathan, Nia Long, Harold Perrineau, Monica Calhoun, and Melissa Del Souza, all reprising their roles from the previous film. Uh, highly anticipated, this movie was released in 2013. 23- 13 to pretty positive reviews from critics who praised the performances of the cast Lee's direction, as well as the dramatic elements. The film would go on to uh, win the image award at the 45th NAACP image awards in 2014 for outstanding motion picture Outstanding Direction in a Motion Picture for Malcolm Lee and Outstanding Supporting Actor in a Motion Picture for Morris Chestnut and Terrence Howard. This film, The Best Man Holiday, is brought to you today here on the Me Show Mission by our good friend Van Everett of the Scenario Radio Show. Van, what say you of... The best man holiday. <sighs> I actually feel I I feel different about the movie upon this second viewing because it was the second time I've ever seen it since it first mm-hmm. came out. Mm-hmm. Saw it in theaters the first time that it had uh, come out, and I didn't. I'll be honest, I didn't have like crazy expectations for it when I first saw it because one, as far as I guess romantic or comedies or dramas go i'm not a big sequel person and Mm. i'm also not a big christmas movie person so i didn't go into it all excited about seeing it saw it and was like okay this is this is okay this is cool but i realized upon the second viewing that there was a there was a lot about it that i that i missed Mm. and 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 now i'm confused about how i feel about it I know I know that sounds like it's it's weird to say that my revelation is that I'm confused but I, that's what it actually is, is that, that I'm actually more confused now than I was then um I think it's because the two halves of the movie you know this this comedic element on the front end and then this very melodramatic thing that's going on on the back end I don't know if they I, I don't know if they don't gel mm. but mm-hmm. but they do feel they do feel weird. And yeah. I think it's, and, I, and and I'll be honest, I think I probably am more uncomfortable on the comedic end. It's not that the, it, it doesn't necessarily work. It's that once you bring all of these characters together and they're supposed, there's a, supposed to be all of this tension that's happening. The tension should be happening, but I don't know if they really clarify how the tension should be happening. Right. So, because right. so, so, Obviously, it should be there because of the relationships that they had and some of the things that had taken place in the previous film. But when you look at it, seemed like they were just more concerned with writing in more and more drama than taking the drama that was naturally already there and finding the comedy in it or finding the things that were interesting about it. Mm-hmm. So it's like I don't, you know, I don't. We don't necessarily need uh, Melissa de Souza uh, de Souza to be a uh, real housewife. To, mm-hmm. to not already be, you know, a point of contention with, you know, her, her previous relationship or 
you know, I don't even know if we need, I guess you got to have the pregnancy and everything to, to add the drama there. But it's just, it was so many different points of drama that it felt more like they were going for something very soap opera-ish. When they had the drama, they had drama already there. They right. had, you know, between between Morris Chestnut's character and Tay Diggs' character, Neil Long's character and Sanaa Lathan's character, they, all the drama that they needed was there. And it was enough to, I think, that should have made the film made the film work without going to all of those extremes. So when you go to all those extremes in the first half and then try to pull in this other direction, you know, I guess to say, well, you know, we're bringing everybody's coming together because there's something more important than all of this drama. Mm -hmm. It just, I don't know. It just feel, it felt weird. It feels kind of disjointed to me. Mm. So, so, and I know as I'm saying all of that, I'm sound pretty critical of it, but at the same time, Either of the films that this film is composed of are, are okay by themselves. I just mm-hmm. don't know if I really get them. They really don't move me when they are together. That's the best way I can put it. I think I agree with you about the tone issues. And, uh-huh. and that has been my issue from when it came out. I want to I want to go to what you said about all of the drama because I think in some ways it kind of speaks to what, what Lynn was asking before we started uh, about the careers of everyone involved. And you almost get the sense that since 90, you said 99, 99, 99. You have to think about the negotiations that took place to get all of these actors involved. Like I said, except for Melissa DeSouza, who who I've always liked, but her career never really popped as much as I kind of want. And even Monica Calhoun. You know I have a soft spot for Monica Calhoun. I know you do. But for the rest of them, like the rest of them have legitimate careers, like Mm -hmm. actual careers that to get them back involved, you got to have a plot for them. Like, you got to have something for them to do. And then yeah. it's like kind of the the, the greatest chance act uh, casting of all time. Regina Hall in 99 gets like a scene. But by 2013, she's Regina Hall. Yeah. Right. So, right. like, you got to do stuff with Regina. Like, you have to do stuff with Regina Hall. So that, to your point, I did think it was kind of overplotted uh-huh. yeah. but I understood like you got Terrence Howard and Tay Diggs and um, Morris Chestnut and Harold Piranew and Neil Long and Sanaa Lathan like you got like you got to do something with them so we do this stuff with them but I, I, I do have to say I think ultimately the tonal shifts worked for me this time because a, I bought their relationships. Like, like I think it is a credit to the script and a credit to Malcolm Lee. Like what I put in my notes, just to reference something that we've talked about before, I put that in a lot of ways, this was the anti, why did we get married? Mm. <laughs> Where one of my critiques of why did we get married is that I never had an understanding of why these people were friends. Like, I didn't understand the dynamic between this group of people. Whereas in this, 
I thought the dynamic between the group was very well drawn. Like you understand Tay Diggs and Morris Chestnut. You understand, yeah. you you know, um, Monica Calhoun and Nia Long being best friends. They they kind of play it very subtly. But you know, why is Melissa DeSouza there? Oh, well, they're in the same sorority, so now uh-huh. they're friends. Nia, uh, I mean, um, Regina Hall and Sanaa Lathan have married into the group, so they have their own little side relationship. Right. And I like that so that when everything kind of falls apart with the cancer and you see these very emotional reactions to it, because the relationships have been established, I bought it. Yeah. And I also have to say, and I mentioned it before, what happened with me between 1999 and 2013 was Cobra Kai. Here we go. So that this sense that you could take something that was sort of frivolous mm. and almost disposable, but then do something completely different. Because, you know, the best man was sort of this kind of sexy black bohemian romp. But now they turn it into, you know, as you said, Van, by 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 the the I think it's the hour mark. Uh-huh. Uh Monica Calhoun is coughing up blood. So now it's turned into something completely different. So that ultimately it worked for me because I liked these characters and I liked how Malcolm Lee had sort of drawn these characters. See, I yeah. like the I like the characters too. Um and I too, it, it's funny that you brought up um, why did you get married? Because I actually thought about that as well. You know, uh, like they felt more real. You know, I mean, a, a, as friends, as people that that know one another. And I went another route, but it's basically the same thing. It's because as opposed to, you know, why do we get married or or movies of that ilk? where these couples or people seem to be friends just because the script tells you so. Mm-hmm. This this is a group of people that are friends because this is what happens. The guys are friends and then everyone in in around that orbit then becomes part of that crew. You know what I mean? And becomes part of that family, right? Um so that Morris Chestnuts girlfriend and her best friend who happens to be somebody that Morris Chestnut's best friend, you know, was friends with and had like a, a crush on and all that type of stuff. They're all in there. Just just the, the way that you connected all those dots. It all f- feels real and all f- felt lived in, right? Um, So I appreciate that, but I do have to agree with, with Van. This is still come comes across as two movies fighting against itself right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and 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 there are moments where it kind of works and there's moments where it like the disconnect is just like stark right there in your face you know what i mean uh-huh. and and it and it's and it's so so apparent in your face that it just leaves you like what like you don't you 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 you're 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 rolling along, you're chilling and everything, and next thing you know, um, you 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 find out that you know my man's wife is on a video, 
and has and from back <laughs> in her stripper days, right? And the way that that's presented is presented as something real because this is like it's not presented as like oh my boy found it. No, it's presented like this is costing us us money. This is costing us our livelihood. This is going to hit us deep because now we are two million in the hole for for this business that we're running. That's yeah. serious. And then the rest of the way, it's pretty much played comedically. And it's right. like, I'm like, uh, but this is real talk, though. This is real talk. And not only is this real talk, but you, it, it, your relationships are feeling so real to me that it does not jive with me that... 15 years later, this movie doesn't take place two years later. It's not made 15 years later, but it takes place two years later. No, it's made 15 years later, and it's supposed to have taken place about at least 10 or so years later. You're not going to tell me 10 years later, you find that about this video with your with your wife, and now you're just going to let people start clowning her? You're just right, going to start right. clowning the situation? You... It, um. You want to uh, be showing it all to your boys? First of all, I see a video with my my woman. I am not showing my boys. <laughs> this is not real yeah. talk. Now, if I've got that one boy, because everybody's right. got that one boy that you know, that's the vault. I can go to you. It ain't going nowhere. And and let's be let's be real. For some dudes, it's not a boy. For some dudes, it's a girl. It's a, it's a chick. So you've got that yeah. one friend. But I'm not going squad deep. I don't care how deep the squad is and showing them a video of my woman doing whatever. I'm I'm just not doing it. it. Just that doesn't even ring true to me, especially the way that we are introduced to it. You know what I mean? No. So and then to your point, Van, the tension that is supposed to be felt between uh Morris Chestnut and and Tay Diggs character, we never really have it explained, and I think that's because we're meant to believe that these two dudes who ended in 1999 on their way to reconciliation, somewhere along the lines, 15 years later, not having talked talk to each other, they're still pissed at one another, right? Um, now. That just just didn't ring true, mm. but what I will what I appreciate about the movie is that it does it does give lip service to it at the end. It does explain what it is mm -hmm. at the end because at the end yeah. it's not about the two of them. It right. really is about Morris Chestnut dealing with his his anger that he has towards his wife. That's right. Yeah. Towards yeah. that situation yeah. and. And and reconciling with the anger that he's feeling about that and also be feeling guilty about feeling angry at her because of what she's going through. You know, you right. know, uh, spoiler alert for a seven year old movie. Monica Calhoun's character is uh, battling cancer. So right. he's feeling guilty about that. That is a powerful moment. The, the the bad part is because this film feels so disconnected that doesn't come until like this 
30 minutes left in a movie damn yeah. near. You know what I yeah. mean? That that yeah. that is that was a plot that should have had much more room to breathe. Yeah. You, you know, again, I'm I'm going to keep going back to the business aspect of it. Even in the first yeah. movie, Tay Diggs and Morris Chestnut's relationship was the heart of the film. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But if they had, if they would have kept that the heart of the film, I think we would have had more space for that because I thought that was a really, really smart plot point. Yeah, and and yep. it connected to the first movie where he he really. I mean, Monica Calhoun wasn't even a character in the first movie. She's Not just really, sort of right? this ideal that he puts up yeah. on on a pedestal. That that yeah. you know, for her to say that, I thought I was like, wow, that's really smart, but. You know, you got all this other stuff going on. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. Uh, even when, like, when you were talking about a minute ago, I think it was, uh, Vincent, you were mentioning uh, on, on the back end and how those relationships really shine uh, in those interactions during the more dramatic parts and everything. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that really is attributed more to the fact that they already had the other film to establish how those relationships mm-hmm. work than it is what was happening in the beginning of this film. And I'm mm-hmm. not, ta- and I'm, that's not to take anything away from it, but it's like the film itself, as far as how those relationships, the, the chemistry of those relationships, I don't know if it stands alone and right. is able to do that as much if it's not for the fact that it's informed by the previous film, right. which, which helps it along. Because again, it's so crowded with all of these other plot points in the, in the first half of the film that is just, you don't really get a chance to see those things breathe. And then it's, and the thing is, I think had it, there's a way it could have still kept a lot of the comedic energy that they were trying to get without some of the extra plot points. And so that's the thing. And again, I, I think even the first half of the film isn't bad by itself. If it, if they continue to make that film, if they decide to go that route, is just you know overly uh, dramatic, extra soap or, you know soap opera type things going on in a film that was a comedy and that was what the entire film was. Probably been pretty cool. Same thing with mm-hmm. if it had been a, a more dour, dour. I don't know if it was as much of a Christmas movie if you had taken that second <laughs> half, you know, right. and did that for a whole movie. But right. but still, yeah, both of them, both of them work okay, separate from one another. But they don't just they just don't connect for me mm-hmm. together. Yeah, and and that's the thing. But and and whatever is missing, I think is carried as far as the character interaction and the power of what why it works. Is because it's informed by that the you know the original movie. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. true, very true. It it it's almost like it's like one half of the movie is one half of the movie is TV one presents the best man holiday, and the other half of the movie is Lifetime presents the best man holiday. <laughs> it is exactly like that. It's that's, like it's like it's what life for, a lifetime yeah. movie would look like if they didn't think black people only were musicians. Right. <laughs> right. You know, that's all they do movies on of black people. It's like, oh, the Whitney Houston story. Or right. it's, you know, it's got a, it's never just a regular black family right. or anything. Yeah. <laughs> uh two things. I, I, I just want to point out, I was also calling this movie Black Don't Crack. The movie. Mm. Man. The cast looks amazing. And I love Malcolm Lee's flex at the beginning where he actually integrates old footage. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to show you old footage and then show you the way they look now because they look as good 
if not better than they did, you know, 15 years ago. And then as we said a couple of times, but I think we should talk about it for a second. I think this is the best acting I've ever seen Morris Chestnut do. Yeah. Yeah. I I think Morris Chestnut is legitimately good in this film. And I've never really said that about anything he's been in. And you know, you know why I think he stands out in this film. And this is not necessarily, it may come off as sort of like a knock, but it's not to knock him. Um, But I think it's because he, like you said, Vince, in the, in the original film, him and Tay Diggs are asked to pretty much be like, they're asked to be like the the leading men of the movie, right? They're, they're asked to be like the, the stars on post in this film. He, probably more so than any of them is definitely in ensemble mode. And because of what he's going through, he's not asked to be, you don't have to be charming at this moment. You don't have Mm. to be funny at this moment. All you have to do is be real, real in your reactions to the moments that they call for. And that is, you know, a lot of actors will tell you is harder to do harder to come across as very authentic. And uh-huh. he does come across as authentic. There is a moment in this film where he is, um, he's talking about his feelings about his wife. And this is before it's revealed that she has cancer, but you know, he knows that she has cancer and he he comes across as a man that is 100% devotedly in love with his wife but knows that she's going through something mm-hmm. and it reads all over his face without him even saying it man and i was uh-huh. like yo Morris is doing he's putting in work in this movie he is definitely putting in work yeah i, I was impressed with how he was also able to come across uh so con- conflicted because even though he, he doesn't come across as if he's just completely has a grudge against Harper, Tay Diggs' character, but mm-hmm. he doesn't also come across as, as if he's completely open and receptive to him. And, and that, that conflicted nature of how he's interacting with him really shows up, you know, in a way yeah. that I, I was really impressed with, because that could have easily just went one way or the other, but, but with, you know, with very little dialogue, he was able to make it work. Yeah. And, and to go along with that, I really, really bought the plot point that, the engine of Monica Calhoun's character trying to get them to reconcile was that he was about to pop. Mm-hmm. Like you, like he, he, you know, he's leaning on his faith, but he's also being delusional about it. Right. Like I thought he, you know, I thought it was a very subtle distinction the way he kind of oscillated between a man who had faith and a man who was denying the reality of what was happening. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that when he yeah. does break down at the end, which is something that could have been just a melodramatic moment, mm-hmm. it's earned. Yeah. Because you've watched him kind of teeter throughout the film about her sickness. So that, you know, again, I, I really did. I, like, I was like, wow, Morris Chestnut is acting right now in the best man holiday. Yeah. And I also appreciate it. Like you said, he is a man of faith and you're reminded that he, I was reminded 
that he's been a man of faith since the first movie. He talked about it in right. the first movie as well. But it's probably easier to forget that he's a man of faith in the first movie because he's still Morris Chestnut, the the charming guy. You know, he's still, you right. know, the rogue guy walking around, you know, like, you know, cock on the walk and everything like that. Um, but where in this movie, he definitely feels like the person who has matured 13 mm-hmm. years later, right? Uh-huh. You know, a devoted family man, you know, a devoted husband, um, a man of faith who wears his faith on his sleeve, but he's not putting it out there on like mad display for you. Like, you know, in a lot of other screenwriters hands, it would have been God, this God, this Holy Lord, Jesus, Jesus, you know, all that type of stuff as a way of showing a caricature, a caricature. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He, he, it was, it, it was very real and felt lived in and it felt baked into his character by now, which is what it would be at this point in his career. Never mind. NFL careers for running backs don't last over 13 years. That's just something that, you know, we're just going to like, if you're a Christmas miracle. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Hey, it's black. Don't crack the movie. They don't age. (laughs) Black knees crack. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Hey, hey, van, hey, van. I bet he ain't getting on no ladder. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) No, you saw those decorations. There's no way he did that. No, not at all. Okay, here's I, I hate to diverge just a little bit, but when you were talking about uh, his character being a family man and all that, one thing I, I have to I have to bring up that has always just sat weird with me. Okay, the two youngest kids in that family, <laughs> they <laughs> those kids look like they came out of like the Cosby Kids casting agency. It's they are way they're not using the same comb. As everybody else is what all I'm saying. Genetics are weird. Yes. Yeah, yeah, genetics are weird. But I'm just saying, all I asked for is one line in the movie to explain it. That's all I would have liked. What line do you say? Right. You know, we, you know, I'm a man of God now, adopted two extra kids. You know, we had to buy some new comb. But Quentin is the biological father of my younger children. Something. I just need something. I need something to help me to get around this this quirk that's that's happening here with the two youngest kids. Cause it, those are some, and I'm and I, I love all children. I'm just saying, there's some pretty high yellow kids to be in this chocolate household. Let the record least, show that Van Everett is pro children. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna come out now and say I I, I feel comfortable enough to come out now and say I am pro children. Uh, <laughs> Scenario for children. the kids. All the yeah, children. I'm willing to take that stance. I'm willing to stand behind that stance that I am pro children and I'm pro light skinned children as I am pro dark skinned children as well. I just said at least he could have had if he had had at least a, a light skinned dad or something himself that, <laughs> that would have said okay, it jumped the generate. You something. don't know, but you don't know. His parents weren't there, so you don't know. You're right. You're right. And genetics are funny. Genetics are indeed funny. One line. One (laughs) line is all I asked for. Something. They could have written something in. Outtake something. That's all I'm saying. That didn't bother me. I didn't didn't see that coming. I'm not saying it bothered me. I'm just saying I could have passed it. You noticed. noticed. Yeah, I noticed. I'm not saying it bothered me, but it's in my notes. (laughs) 
Despite despite the past five minutes that I've devoted to it. Right, right, no, it right. Bother. Despite, despite writing it in a Sharpie on his own page. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. All right. I'm just saying, I'm I'm almost certain that there's somebody out there in, in among your missionaries who thought the same thing. Like, huh, those kids, those kids are really fair. All things considered, that's all I'm saying. Well, I, all I, all I'm going to say, all I'm going to say, it was a very touching scene between Terrence Howard's character, Monica Calhoun's character, <laughs> when they were sharing some weed. And I, I didn't, don't I, like this reading. I, I thought to myself, I don't remember those two being like that cool, but. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it, 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 it. Terrence Howard. We definitely see that he is the linchpin between all the friends. He's the one yeah. that is still cool with all the friends. Well, Lynn, I don't know if you remember, but when and I forgot who who was the guest for the best man. But I think where we landed was that Monica Calhoun quietly was a supervillain. That's true. <laughs> so that might be like me, like. Oh, this is terrible. Lance is spending so much time looking at Harper, he didn't took his eye off of Quentin. <laughs> this That's is right. terrible. This That's is a right. terrible line of conversation. This, this is terrible. Uh, and I because I hadn't thought about this. I was just assuming that Lance had some outside kids he had to bring in. You know? <laughs> That's what I thought. I mean, again, he, he would not be the first devout. In a, uh, devout Christian NFL player who just happened to have a couple, couple of extra kids with Puerto Rican heritage that had to come into the family. So. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> back, to the, back to the movie. Back, back to the movie. Back to the movie. And speaking of Terrence Howard's character, who you, Vince, you just dropped his name. What was his name again? Quentin. Quentin. Q, yeah, Q. That's right. Speaking of Q, watching this film, there were actually a couple of scenes, including that scene with uh, Monica Calhoun and a couple of other scenes, where I was actually reminded how talented an actor Terrence mm-hmm. Howard is. Oh um, yeah, uh, you can get lost, especially in the last few years. You know, he primarily has been on Empire when he's, you know, been soap operating it up big time and having fun with him and God bless him, lean into the character, have a ball. But you forget that this is a very, very talented uh, individual who quiet is kept stole a lot of scenes in the original film and mm-hmm. is back That's again, right. stealing, stealing scenes in this one. Look, I think this is a, an overplotted film. I think everything that we've said about the tonal issues, but I think as discrete scenes, these are good scenes because this is a good cast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like this is a good, ca- you know, top to bottom. And each moment that, okay, where, you know, like I said, everybody got to have their own plot, everybody got to have their own moment. But when but when Malcolm Lee points to him and says, "Okay, you're up," there's not one cast member that drops the ball. No, that's true. And and you know and and I think you're right. Like I think Terrence Howard, frankly, like you're talking about Empire. 
I would argue that Terrence Howard has been playing a caricature of Terrence Howard for the past five, six years. Yeah. Yeah. But you forget, like you said, he's a damn good actor. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's doing work. And to your point about everybody getting, uh, you know, their big, their, uh, getting their moment to shine. Man, I like me. I, I, I'm st- sorry to steal your line, Vince. But man, I like me some Regina Hall. She look, is, man. She is just so real in this movie. Like she comes across like just like a real. First of all, she comes across like a real wife. You know what I mean? She's just like mm-hmm. a, a real wife who, like, yeah, I did whatever I had to do, and 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 like. The scene where she and Harold Pernod and, you know, he basically breaks down to her and tells her about what's going on, you know, about the video that he found. And they're in the they're in their their room. And they're talking to one another and she walks across the room room and then turns to him. And. Damn it, man, if I haven't had that exact same conversation four or five times in my life where a woman made those exact same movements. And I was like, shit, dude, it's like, and he is like in my brain. He is in my memories, man. This is real talk. This is like real happening. Everything she she does in this film is authentic, whether or not it's being funny, whether it's not it's being friendly, whether it's not it's being sassy or sexy or mad or mean or pissed off or straight up like straight up from the hood taking the earrings on putting the vaseline on everything is like 100 real with her man i love regina hall in this movie come on man you know what you know i'm i'm well documented regina hall needs to get all the jobs like <laughs> regina hall is is the greatest everything and i cannot believe like i cannot believe the fortune and luck that Malcolm Lee had that he stuck her in the first movie. Right. So right. that he like had said, this to like pull two from. scenes. Like the embarrassment of riches that he has and Regina Hall. And yeah. let's and let's remember, Sanai Lathan's not really in the first movie a whole right. lot either. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, everybody comes through. They, uh, like you said, everyone does definitely come through as far as uh, their performances in the film. It's uh, I, I'm I'm curious how all of this. I mean, I know they keep talking about doing another sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'll be curious to see how that plays out. If if it, if it actually happens again, you got you know you got to figure out a way to give everybody their storyline. I'm sure there's. There's uh, contractual obligations to be fulfilled as far as money is concerned. And, and most importantly, at some point, somebody's going to have to have a gray hair on this whole thing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I guess. I mean, do they? <laughs> I mean, do they actually? I um, The last thing I saw, Tay Diggs said that now they're looking at a streaming situation or something on, t- you know, in 2020, I don't, I, there is no difference between streaming and the film. I would love for them to just go ahead and blow it open and do like a four or five episode Netflix thing. Like, I don't know if you can afford it. Look, everybody needs their plot. You see, but see, here's the thing. Honestly, I didn't need the best man. Holiday. Like I didn't need a best man sequel, but I did it. 
And for the most part, they they pull it off. I I enjoy. I found myself begrudgingly because honestly, I think I saw the movie before, but mm-hmm. having watched it again, I realized I maybe have only saw the beginning and the end before. I didn't remember right. anything in the middle, so uh-huh. I never saw the film before, and I I came away surprisingly enjoying it, and surprisingly laughing out loud at some moments, especially when. Q and um, Harold Perrineau's character are fighting in the backseat because you think it might get real, but they're boars, so they all of a sudden are kung fu fighting and they're like, you know, flying duck style. Well, you realize neither one of them can fight. I know! (laughs) I, I, I I don't believe they stuck this in this movie. And I'm laughing out loud at it. So there are moments when I was I was laughing out loud, and there were actually moments when I got I caught myself. You know, I I got caught up. You know, I I, I actually um, was feeling something. So I enjoyed the film. They don't need a, a, another. They don't need to return to the well again. It, it's 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 done. The characters you caught up with them. They're doing good. Whatever. We don't need to re- to revisit them again because here's what's going to happen. If you revisit them again, all of these children, the Puerto Rican ones and the black ones, are now <laughs> old enough that they deserve a sto- storyline. And, <sighs> and that's the last thing we need, all right? Yeah. We, we don't need that. So, like, it's done. Let's, let's keep it. It, 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 you, it, you pulled it off. God bless you. A 15 year yeah. sequel that worked. So, so I, the I'm best man de- family reunion is not something you want to see. <laughs> What'd you say? The best man family reunion. No, I don't need to see the best man family reunion. <laughs> no, no, please, no. Yeah, no. I, yeah I'm not necessarily clamor- clamoring for it either, but that film did well. It did. it did. It did quite well, as did the first one, and you and they they weren't about to pass that up. It, you know, at some point they were going to get to. It. I mean, it beat out in the first the first Friday that it was released. It beat out Thor, uh, the Thor. Dark World. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, it was up against Thor, the Dark World. So yeah, I mean, I that's mean, still but, a Marvel joint, though. I mean, yeah, it's still, yeah, it, it, despite it being you know called a, the black comedy, and you know. It's, Race music uh, in film form, <laughs> as they were referred to it, pretty much. But yeah, so I, I can imagine music. Yeah, at some point somebody's gonna want to. You know, it's some it's some money on the table there. I can't imagine if for no other reason than financially that somebody's not gonna jump at doing another one at some point. You two guys are the music heads uh, in my in my orbit here. What did you think of the soundtrack for The Best Man Holiday, which, while it features a couple of original tunes, features a lot of covers of, uh-huh. you know, more popular holiday tunes and one uh, cover of a heralded Stevie Wonder classic that I can't see anybody was really asking for either, but it's there. What did y'all think of the soundtrack? Uh, I wasn't necessarily in love with it. Mm. It was cool. It had, you know, it had a couple of 
couple of joints that were, were you know, okay. Uh, it's not something that I necessarily even now think of, you know, come Christmas time I want to put into rotation. So, but but it it wasn't bad. I actually I actually like the uh the remake of As. I I was, you know, it, it grew on me. I I'll put it that way. It's not if I have to choose between that and the original, I'm going with the original every time. Mm. But I actually I can I could get with that that remake because I I I I think that when you're doing something, you're going to recreate a Stevie Wonder song, then you need to find your own interpretation. And That's they true. definitely went with their own interpretation. So I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I don't mess with any of those Christmas songs, but but the <laughs> as I thought it was a very effective use of as like I thought that was a very very good scene. Like I was real sad. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, and, and 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 as one who never saw the film but knew that this remake of the song came out of the movie, you know, I was like Oh, okay. That's a different take on ads because it, for those who, who don't know, is uh, as the Stevie Wonder classic. It's remade by Marsha Ambrosia's and uh, Anthony Hamilton on the Best Man Holiday, um, and it's definitely a decidedly more uh, mellow, s- somber, somber, yeah, uh, version of the film uh, of the of the the song as befits the scene in which it is in. Because it is mm-hmm. uh, at a funeral scene, not knowing that it—that's where it came in—and then you know, seeing that on screen, I was like, "Okay, yeah, I feel that. I feel you. Yeah. I, I feel where you're going. I feel you." Where, especially because it is the perfect, you know, illustration of that character, Monica mm-hmm. Calhoun's character in the f- yeah. film, and what her husband would have felt for, what they would have felt for one another. So. It it was final. It made me enjoy the the, the song that much more. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty. Uh, it was, I also appreciate that Anthony Hamilton in the film shaved uh, <laughs> for, for for his part <laughs> at the funeral because that that really would have taken me out of it. Uh, the fact that I noticed it, I was like, oh, it's smooth on on both sides. That's also in your notes. <laughs> yeah, that was also in my notes. I was like, okay. <laughs> this isn't the time, you know, for that rustic look. <laughs> Let's show some respect to the family. And... You're not he's singing like, to Charlene. You're not singing right, to Charlene. He's got that whole hobo chic thing going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put, put aside the trucker hat and, let's, you know, right. pull, pull the bevel out and let's do what needs to be done here. He was eating beans out of a can and then he came in to sing. Yeah. <laughs> So before we get out of here, Van, would you recommend that people watch The Best Man Holiday? Oh, um, I would. I would recommend that people, specific people, would <laughs> yes watch watch The Best Man Holiday. I would recommend that specific people watch it. Yes. I wrote a list of exactly those people. I was about to say, if you are wondering if you are on that list, if you have to wonder, you are not on that list. (laughs) I'm glad I watched it already because I'd be thinking, am I supposed to watch this? (laughs) Yeah, I I would recommend it. 
I, I'm not. I'm someone who always has to give a preface everything. So obviously, if I recommended it, I'd have to preface it. But yeah, I'd recommend it definitely. <laughs> All right. What about you, Vince? I I would, but here's something that I hadn't thought about saying out loud. I just thought it 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 went without saying. But but Van mentioned how this builds off of the best man. Like this is not a film that exists by itself. Mm. Yeah. So I would recommend this film to people who have seen the best man. Right. Yeah. There you go. There you go. And I do think it is it is a nice bookend. True. It is a nice bookend to what started with the best man. All right. And I didn't think I would come away from this mo- from this review saying it, but uh I it's a it's a Clean sweep. I would definitely recommend that people watch The Best Man Holiday. Um, All right. It was. It was. It's, it's a Christmas it's, miracle. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, it, it it is. I, it's. It was a movie that was a definite tearjerker. It definitely. It definitely leans on the melodrama a little bit. Um, uh-huh. And I'm not going to lie. It's a movie that is probably 20 minutes too long. Um, but I mean. Yeah, it's it's I mean, pretty it's, stuffed. It's two hours and two minutes. Like, there's no yeah. reason this this movie easily doesn't need to be two two hours and two minutes. But I think like, to Vince's point, it's because you're trying to give everybody their just due. You know, you justify their contracts, and mm-hmm. and I think for the most part, they do a good job at it. And um, in and, and where it drops the ball a little bit, little bit, you don't really it doesn't distract that much, and they pick the ball right back up. Um, and they run with it for a touchdown, which when you watch the film, you'll see why I went to that <laughs> metaphor. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, I would definitely recommend seeing the best man holiday. Um, All right. And not, and not just for Nia Long. So that was enough of a reason for me. Yes. So, yes. There you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, before we tell you what we are going to be reviewing next week on the Michaud Mission, we have to give a thanks to Van Everett of the Scenario yes. Radio yes. Show. Yes, Sitting man. in with us, man. Thank you, I've man. enjoyed it. I have really enjoyed it. This has been great. I, this is, it was everything I imagined it, it would be. <laughs> <laughs> That's not vague at all. No. <laughs> No, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Okay, I'm not, okay, saying, good I, thing. I'm not saying I spend an inordinate amount of time imagining it, but I'm just saying that when I, in my spare time, I had a moment or two, I gave it a thought, and this 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 lives up to the expectation. This has been great. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's like talking to to two Vinces here. Um, <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yes. Ben. Thank you. If we pe- appreciate if it. If people want to get in touch with you, they want to get down with the scenario radio show. If they want to hire you to say happy birthday to somebody in their life, because no, you ain't saying happy birthday to nobody in my life. That voice will kill people. Um, where you going, baby? Nashville. What? Um, <laughs> how can how can people find out about the scenario radio show, brother? Um, we are we are in most places in social media. You can find us on um, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, at Scenario Radio, uh, at the Scenario Radio Show. And we're also on Spotify. You can hear the show on Spotify and on Anchor. And we also have an archive of the shows that you can find the link to on any of those social media 
areas and um, archive.org. So, yeah, but uh, aside from that, you mentioned earlier that we're, we're on. If you want to hear us on radio, it depends on where you are. We're, we're in different spots here and there around the country, Rochester, New York, Baton Rouge, Santa Rosa, um, here in Nashville, Tennessee. So, yeah, uh, Albany, a few other places. You can catch us, uh, check local listings <laughs> for those, you know, you particular go. stations. But, yeah, yeah, yeah we're out there. There but if go. all else fails, go to our social media. You can hit us on Facebook, um, the Scenario Radio Show. It's not hard to find. All right, man. Thank you so much for, yes, for taking the time. Yes, thank you, man. Thank you. This hey, you got – thanks for having me, man. Oh, thank you. Uh, uh, the What's our call, show called, Vince? The Michelle Mission. The Michelle Mission. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, please. But he gonna get on a ladder. <laughs> Let me go here and mess up with mess with this electrical line on a ladder. <laughs> we invite you, ladies and gentlemen, to check out the Michelle Mission if you like what you're listening to. Email us. Email the Michelle Mission if you would please. Email us at Mission at gmail.com. You can like and follow us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at the Michelle Mission. Go to the Michelle Mission dot com and hit swag to check out some of the cool stuff that we have for your buying pleasure brought to you by way of t public we really appreciate it the michelle mission is also a proud member of the podglomerate podcast group the podglomerate curated podcast for your earbuds go to the podglomerate.com you can also listen to the michelle mission every saturday at 1 p.m on wppm 106.5 FM, Philly Cam. Philly Cam. People Power Media here in the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection. And you can wake up with the Michelle Mission every Monday at 9 a.m. on WKDU FM 91.7 FM, the voice of Drexel University. All right, Vince. Yes. Next week is our final show of the year. Yes. It's our holiday extravaganza. Yes. And just for you, Vince, I went digging in my crates, but I didn't dig far. I didn't go to the 70s. Nope. I didn't stop at the 90s. Nope. I went to those beautiful decade of the 1980s, and I got a favorite of yours and Vans and mine, Richard Pryor. <laughs> and yes. I put him together with another favorite of mine, Jackie Gleason of the Honeymooners fame. And those two comedic geniuses came together in 1982 to bring the world the toy. Son, I bought you a colored. (laughs) That was the original title. It didn't test as well. Son, I bought you a colored. It tested well where down in certain places in the country. Oh, yeah. It was through the roof down here. <laughs> in fact, we kept the name. We didn't even go. The toy. What's, what's this the toy you're talking about? Oh, right? you mean I bought a colored? Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> that year, Tickle Me Elmo was the big seller. But that's because people kept going to buy Richard Pryor. And people told him, uh, ma'am, that's just a movie. <laughs> 
I'm here to buy a colored. <laughs> to play with my son. <laughs> Call our Nashville store, see if they got any more coloreds. <laughs> <laughs> The toy, ladies and gentlemen, next week here on the B Show Mission. Until then, that's Van. He's Vince. I'm Len. And in parting, we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.